Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Okay, um, this is the good news that you and I are supposed to be preaching. This is what we're supposed to be telling people about, is about this reconciliation that has already been solidified through the, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not going to be, but has already been. Amen. Now, the, now the, the world and, some, and, and a lot of uh, church people don't quite got this part down. Because it's sort of hard to, to fathom that God has already um, canceled their sins. If we didn't have scripture for it, it would be very hard to uh, believe that. But that is exactly what has happened through Jesus Christ. He is not holding the sinner uh, uh, in... in um, He's not holding them uh, hostage because of their sins. We've all, that's already been paid for. That's already been done for. You say, well, then what is it that would send, what would prevent someone from going to heaven? Not accepting Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. It's not going to be because of some, some bad thing they've done. And by all means, it's not going to be by good works that's going to get them in. See, that's another difficult thing because we've got some sinners that live better lives than Christians. <laughs> All right? And they expect that, they're, that on that day they're going to get in. Well, that's not true either. We have, to, we have to understand that Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's not because of what you and I have done. It's because of what family we were born into. We were born into the human race, which all goes back to Adam and Eve. Okay? And that sin ran rampant in that family. And there is no way to get free from it. There is no way to get out of it only by someone on the outside coming and delivering us, okay? Now, this is a little side journey, but this is uh, something I want you to get. There are four main points to the gospel. Four points. I got three fingers up. Four points, okay? One is the virgin birth. The virgin birth was the entrance that Jesus came through for God sent his son, his only begotten son, into the world and he came through the virgin birth. It had to happen through the virgin birth. If you discount the virgin birth, then you're undoing everything because that was the only way that a sinless man could come into the earth was through that. The second part of the gospel is Christ's miracles life showing the will of God. So Christ's life on the earth, Jesus said this. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything he said and everything he did was a reflection of God the Father. Are you here? 
So it's important that we understand the life of Jesus because it wasn't just him just walking out as God, but he was walking out as a righteous man in the earth, reflecting what God's will was in the earth. When he healed the sick, that was the will of God. And when he delivered people, that was the will of God. When he, he brought people from torment, that was the will of God. We never seen him say, no, not this time. We never seen him say, God, uh, the, that is not God's will for you. We even seen there was a couple times, well, one time in particular, that someone came up behind him without him knowing it and grabbed hold of him and got healed. And he turned around because he felt the healing virtue come out of him, come out of him. And he said, who touched me? So he didn't even know who touched him. But the, but the fact of it was, he had no part of that then, other than being the conduit of God's healing power coming. And so we see that Christ, so the part, the part of the gospel is the showing of the will of God through Jesus Christ. The third part of the gospel is the shedding of innocent blood for the remission of sins. Okay, he was innocent. He died upon the cross as a man cursed. And he was an innocent man, meaning without sin, and therefore he was the perfect sacrifice for humanity. And so that's where the remission of sins come in. That's why we're able to accept him, accept his work, believed in him, and received what he did on our behalf. That's why when we read about that, you know, we died in him. We were raised with him. Well, because everything he did was not for himself, but he did it for you and I. He paid the penalty. Amen. He paid the penalty for our sins. Amen. And then the fourth part of the gospel is this, the resurrection and the ascension. Those are the four main things. When he, when he was raised up, that was, that was the announcement that all men have been justified. That when, he was, when ascension happened, then that was when righteousness, a perfect righteousness was given to mankind. So it was the completion. Amen. The plan of God completed. So those are the four points to the gospel. And those points cannot waver. You cannot do without them. And, you know, and those are the things that we will preach. Those are the things that we'll tell people. Those are the things we will share because that's where the power of God lies, in that message. Amen? It's in the message. So his purpose, what was God's purpose? Restoring man through Jesus Christ, bringing us into harmony with himself. And then now, how does he look upon man? How does he look upon the world? How does he look upon the, the, the evilness and the meanness and all of those things that people are doing? How does he look at that? He's not holding against or counting up their trespasses, but he has canceled them. Now, I know that that just seems wrong, but, that's, but that is the grace and the mercy of God. That's how good he was. And thank God he looked at and that he looked upon us the same way. Because a sin's a sin. It doesn't matter how you want to gauge it and how you want to look at it. When you err, you err. 
in God's eyes. Amen? And so, this, let me say this too. Um, salvation is not the sovereignty of God. For me, some would try to pass that off as God's sovereignty. In other words, when people come into the earth, when we're born, there's like a stamp put on you, saved, then unsaved. Saved, saved, unsaved. It's like you have no choice. You have no decision in this. No, salvation is not sovereignty. Now, the rapture is sovereignty. I mean, we can't believe for that. We can't believe, uh, well, that'll happen next week. Because we have nothing, we have no part in that. There are some things that we have no part in. But when it comes to salvation, it is of grace. Salvation is a complete grace thing. What does that mean? For by grace are you saved through faith. That means it's a choice. It's a decision on your part on whether you'll receive it or have it or not. Can you see that? So for someone to say, well, God wouldn't save me, God, the truth of it is God has already saved you. He's already done that. He's already made you righteous. He's already brought you back into harmony with himself. What are you going to have to do? Well, you're going to have to receive that. You're going to have to accept that and believe that it's so. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about a couple things here, just a uh, Bring them to bring it to an end here. Um, when we, when ministering to the lost, when ministering to the unsaved, you have to understand you're not doing this on your own. Remember, he said over in the Gospels in Mark 16, it says when the disciples, after he had ascended, it said the disciples went out and preached everywhere uh, and the Lord working with them. Well, if he worked with them, then he'll work with you. God works with us. Amen. So this is not just you going out and convincing someone, pressuring someone to get saved. There's a lot more going on here. You have to understand that the Holy Spirit is working with us. Amen. And so what we want to do is learn to be more adaptive and more uh, effective working with him Amen. And the more, the more uh, knowing and the more understanding that you have of that, the more you'll see him manifest. Now, let me give you a couple scriptures. <clears throat> uh, John 6, 44, it says, No man, Jesus said this, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up in the last day. Now, isn't that something? Jesus said, No man can come to me except... The Father draw him. <coughs> so evidently, there has to be him working too. When you came to him, there had to be, that he was drawing you. Because he says we can't even come to him unless, unless he draws us. Are you here? John six sixty five. He said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. So here we see again saying pretty much the same thing. Now, let me, let me say this. Um, back, it's been years ago. I can't even, I can't even remember. But it was, um, uh, I believe it was a Thanksgiving. 
We're, it was a Thanksgiving, and we were having a family uh, gathering out at Riley at my uh, dad and stepmother's house. So my, all our family, my stepbrother and his wife and, and kids were there, Andy, Michelle, and the ones, kids that they had at the time were there, and uh, Jesse and I were there. Well, um, I had caught uh, Andy and Michelle. They were stationed at Fort Grissom up in Peru. They were on there. He was at the Air Force Base there. And so they had come home. And so we, so we were all gathered there. And I called Dad up and asked him. I said, Dad, would you care, would you mind if we did communion today before we ate? Well, Dad said, no, that'd be great. <coughs> And so anyways, so I just took 1 Corinthians, what it was, 1 Corinthians 12, I believe it is, and read the communion passage, and then we passed around, blessed it, passed the elements around, everybody took of it, and, you know, and that was pretty much it. Gave thanks to God uh, for this Thanksgiving, thanks God for our family, thanks God for, you know, blessing our families and everything, and then that was it, nothing else that happened. Well, the reason I'm saying this is because he says, no man can come unto you unless I draw him. Well, there was more going on than what we could see. Little did I know that Andy, Michelle, and Jeff, and Andrea, they were there. They were mad as a hatter. I had no idea. Because they didn't want, they didn't want it. They just didn't see no reason why we were doing communion, and it upset them. And so... And then you can, you can ask them. And then so anyway, so we had Thanksgiving and everything. So Andy and Michelle are going home. And they're under so much conviction from just doing communion. Well, how many knows that in the communion, when you read that about the, the, the drink of the cup, because it represents the blood and do this in remembrance of me, talking about the body being broken for us, that is the gospel. And, you know, that is the power of God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. And I'm just, I'm sharing this because I want you to see there's more that's going on many times than what you even, that you know. You may just, you may have it in you to, to share something with someone or, or just say something. And, and, and then, you, you know, you think nothing happened. Well, you don't know that. You don't know what God's doing with that word. You don't know what God's speaking to their hearts. Because a lot of times it's not evident at the time. Amen. I mean, my preaching, I can look it out there and see you all. And I'm thinking, there's nothing happening right now. (laughs) So anyway, so Andy Michelle left there. And they went, and they're driving along, and they pull off on the road and began to discuss and talk about how far, you know, and, and, and how far they've gotten away from God. And they, they repented right there and, you know, got back in fellowship with God, went back home, and Andy goes into his refrigerator and emptied out all the booze that he had. And they made a decision right there. Well, I had no idea that none of that was going on. Honestly, I didn't even know they were out of fellowship. I didn't even know anything was going on in their lives. But God knew. But God knew. Amen. 
See, listen, we're the ones who open the door. That's all we're doing. We're door openers. That's all we do. Amen. And we let the, and then it's the Holy Spirit that comes in and he convicts the heart. He draws, he's working with people. Can you say amen? But we have, but we have to do our part. It's not just him alone. It's us working with him. <clears throat> um, so we talked about how that um, it is the will of God. And I think even, I, I, you wouldn't even have to see this scripture to, to uh, believe that after seeing what the ministry of reconciliation is, is because it's provided for everyone. So it's the will of God that all be saved, right? Do you, do you believe it's the will of God that every person be saved? It is. <clears throat> every person. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth. So there's your, there's your scripture that tells you right out that it's his will that all men be saved. Why are not all men to be saved? Why doesn't all men come to Christ? Well, we see a scripture that says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, 4, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, that notice this little g, so that we're speak is a reference to the devil, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So there is a spiritual warfare that's going on in the earth that is trying to prevent light from coming to, to uh, mankind. It's trying to keep truth from dawning upon their hearts. That they are, that Jesus does love them. That he's already made a way for them. The lies and the deceptions that go forth. That God is mad at you. God is trying to get you. You know, he's out to get you. Well, see, those are all lies. They don't, they don't, they don't line up with the word. Are you here? And so there, there is a spiritual warfare that's going on. Going on with your loved ones. Going on with your friends. Going on in this city. It's all about the, the whole thing is about light and darkness. That is, that is what's going on on the earth. That is, there's two kingdoms, the Bible says. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Those are the only two kingdoms that really matter. And that's what everything else is all about. That's what everything else, all the, all the stuff that's going on is because of trying to prevent people from coming into the kingdom of light trying to keep them busy, trying to keep them in fear, trying to keep them under, you know, under persecution, and trying to keep them, all of these things is to try to keep their eyes away from the light. Amen. And the only thing that is going to bring light, only thing that's going to bring the message is you and I are the Christian. And we for sure have to have the right message. Amen. We can't have the message that God is out to get you for what you've done. He's not out to, forget, to get you. He's out to show mercy to you and to bring you into fellowship and relationship with him. 
Amen. It's the devil that's trying to keep us in bondage. It's the devil that's trying to keep us in turmoil. It's him that is trying to keep nation against nation, people against people, race against race. It's, everything is trying to keep us in the natural that will not see what's been provided in the spiritual. Everything. Amen. And so he tells us there is a spiritual battle going on. And you and I are the knowers in the earth. Amen. I'll never forget, we were, we were having a, a, one of those times with Mary Frances. You know, after, the, after one of the meetings, and we were all, um, it was just recently, Kimberly and I we were with her, and she, we were sitting in a restaurant, and she says, you know, we may be the only knowers in here. What does that mean? Only ones that are aware of spiritual things in here. And it really, it really struck my heart because that is the truth. But many times we're not even aware of that. We're not even conscious of that. We go in and we and you know we don't scout out, we don't look, we're not even we're not even entertaining that thought. But we should. We should everywhere we go. We should have antennas up. Amen. Seeing what's going on. It may be a time that that antenna being up, God's saying, don't go in there. Because there may be something bad getting ready to happen. So it's training yourself to, to training yourself spiritually to become more aware of what's going on for good and for evil. Amen. So that we can be used, so that we can bring glory to God, and that we can bring that we can be the ones who are there standing at the door to help people come to Him. Hallelujah. I wrote this down. If you want to be filled and overflowing with God, then you're going to have to love what he loves. If you want to be filled and overflowing with God, then you're going to have to love what he loves. And I tell you, one of the biggest things he loves it's souls. He loves people. We, you know, we talked about that, that having a passion for the loss doesn't mean that you're going to have to be so overwhelmed that that's all you're thinking about and doing before you ever act on that. It's doing it because you love him. Because you find out what he loves and you begin to pursue that, whether you love it or not, whether you feel it or not. But you know that it pleases him. You know that, that he wants that. He desires that. So as you begin to please him and to love him doing his commandments, obeying him, then what happens? Then his love begins to swell up on the inside of you. Then the passion begins to, to, to come up inside of you. And here, the equipment that you and I have been given. When you receive the baptism, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you receive power to be a witness. One translation, I like the way it says, to share Jesus. 
to share him. Well, your equipment, all of the equipment that's been given to you, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, all of those things that we talk about, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning the Spirit, all of those things, gifts of healings, workings of miracles, that equipment is going to work the best when you're about His business. You know, you can have, you can have a four-wheel drive. My, my vehicle's a four-wheel drive. But I always drive, I always drive it in two-wheel. And, and you can put it in four-wheel, there's no, there's no difference. When is it that, you're, when is it that equipment's going to really be seen? Well, when we, get, when we finally get that three foot of snow. <laughs> then we kick it over to four-wheel drive, and then it's going to perform. You know, that's why a lot of things are not performing in our life. Because we're not, we're not in the right arena. The arena is out into the world. When you're out, when you're out doing the will of God, doing what God loves, chasing what he loves and what he desires, then that equipment that you, are, that you already have, that's when that's going to begin to kick in. Amen? Yeah, don't get me wrong. That equipment will bless you too. It will, bring, it will bring blessings to your home. It will bring uh, blessings to your house. But it's there to perform to reach the loss. Hallelujah. Amen? So, real quickly here. <clears throat> there's a spiritual warfare. How, can, how are we able to deal with it? How are you able to deal with it with your family? How are you able to deal with it with your, with your friends and with your loved ones? Well, one is going to be prayer. If, you're, if we're not praying for those, if we're not praying for the lost, how in the world are we ever going to reach and act on that? We're not going to step out and witness to them. That has to be on our heart. Faith is of the heart. How are you going to step out in faith if it's not even on your heart? He says that the, the God of this world blinds them. Well, you and I have been given authority. We've been given the keys of the kingdom. He says, whatever you bind on earth, so you're the ones on earth, You've got two feet still here. You're still breathing. So whatever you bind here will be bound in the heavenlies. Brother Hagin said the Lord told him, he says, you take care of it down here, then I'll take care of it up there. How do you do it? My uncle so-and-so, I just pray for him. I got an uncle right now I'm praying for. I've been standing for and I just, when, his, when he comes to me, I just say in the name of Jesus, I take authority over those blinders that are trying to prevent him from seeing and knowing of the, the glorious gospel. I bind them and command you, devil, to get your hands off and remove those off his eyes in Jesus' name. Father, send labors across his path. Someone that he'll be able to receive from. Someone, someone that he'll hear. Because he ain't got too many more years. Maybe not even years. I don't know. But he needs, he needs Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that we're to, one thing that we can pray is pray, send laborers. 
The, the Lord said to me one time, before you can pray sin labors, you have to qualify and say you're a laborer too. You have to be a laborer. Okay, this is the, the last part I want to get to tonight, and it's talking to you about what is called the rain. And this is more for praying for our area, praying for our region, praying for our nation. And James 5, 7 through 8, it said, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. So the husbandman is a type of the father here. He's likened to a farmer. And he said he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Well, the precious fruit of the earth would be souls. So the Bible says that God has long patience. This is why he hasn't come back yet. Because why? Because he's waiting for the harvest. He's waiting for the souls to come in. Amen. Thank God he waited until we came in. But there's others, too, that are, need to make a decision. There's others that need to come in. And so he says he is long patient and until he received, now notice it says until he received early and latter rain. Well, back in, you know, uh, back over in harvest time, what they would have, they would have an early rain and then they would have a latter rain. The early rain was what prepared the ground, the natural ground for the sowing and cultivating and then they would sow the seeds, and then the crops would begin to come up. And before harvest, there would become a latter rain. A latter rain would sweep in, which would cause the crops to become fruitful. Amen. And then they were able to harvest a bumper crop. Well, so he likens a natural rain to a spiritual rain. And that spiritual rain we're going to see here in just in a moment is, an out, is, is what is called an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Remember, we made the reference that the, the Holy Spirit works along with us. So there's more happening than you and I just going out and telling someone and giving them the good news, telling them what God has done through Jesus Christ. When we're saying that, then the Holy Spirit, I, I don't know if any of you remember when you got saved, but I can remember going to church, still a sinner, and standing in the pew, and I was one of those white knuckle people. I was squeezing so hard because I was having so much conviction knowing that I needed to do it, but not ready or willing to do it. Well, what was causing me to do that? Why was there that pulling, that drawing to me? Because the Holy Spirit was drawing. The Holy Spirit was pulling. He can't make you, and he won't make you. Are you here? Amen. So there is the, the, there is the working of the Spirit along with the preaching of the Word. So he likens his, his he says, um, he has long patience, thank God he is, until he receives the early and the latter rain. That's what's going to bring in the harvest. Glory to God. And I'm telling you what, we're promised that right here at the end, that's what we're getting. The latter and the, er, the early and the latter rain, it's going to come all together. I believe we're going to have one of those you know, moments like at the fireworks where they, you know, you have here, here, and there you have a spurt here, and you know, the ooze and all. But right at the end, what happens? All of it goes up together. And I believe this is what we're getting ready to step into.
Amen. Where we're going to have the biggest demonstration of God's power, God's love, God's mercy that has ever been seen. Praise God. And we'll be a part of it. We'll see that's, that's considered rain. That's the rain. Zechariah 10.1. Almost done. Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So here we are, we're encouraged to ask him for it. Why are we encouraged to ask? Well, he can't do it unless we're asking. Let me just give you a little thing here. The only way that God's able to intervene on earth is because he's got people who have two feet on earth that are asking. Otherwise, he would be like what the devil did. The devil committed high, well, Adam committed high treason, bound to the devil. But the devil, he didn't have the legal authority there, but he got it through Adam. Well, God doesn't do that way. He does everything right. And so if he's got people who are asking, then he can intervene. So he says, ask ye of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, so that the Lord shall make bright clouds to give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. So here we see again a double reference. There is the natural rain, but there is the spiritual rain. And he says, we can ask in the time of the latter rain, and he'll bring clouds. So you know, when I pray this, I imagine that there are clouds moving in all the time. Spiritual clouds full of showers of rain. What are we going to have? Well, I believe it's going to fall. I believe it's falling now. Glory to God. Maybe not as intense as it's going to be, but I believe we're going we're to see it. And we've got to have the rain. Amen. I mean, we've got to have the prayer along with the going and out and telling the message. You can't, you can't have just one. Hosea 6. Hosea 6, 1, to, 1 through 3. Come, let us return unto the Lord, for he has torn and he will heal us. He has smitten and he will bind us up. After two days, he will bind us up. What's two days? Remember, he says... That one day is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. So if we want to try to make that, then two days would be 2,000 years. He said he will bind us up. We, so it was 2,000, we're over 2,000 years now since Jesus came and died and was resurrected. And then notice what he says here. He says, in the third day, which we are really, if you want to, if you want to be technical about it, I'd like to, that we call ourselves a third day church. Why? Because we're into the, now to the uh, 3,000 years. We've completed 2,000, two days. Now we're into the third day. And so he says, third day, he will raise us up. I like what someone said, if we're going to go, if, we, if there's any pattern for when Jesus, is, Jesus will come back, then go and look at the tomb because early on the third day, he was raised up. So the third day, it says he'll raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as a morning. And notice this part. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain, former, uh, rain unto the earth. So what is the rain? Him coming. 
a manifestation of God. Hallelujah. Demonstrations of the spirit and power. Praise God. Healings, deliverances, salvations. Just like when he walked. He said, and, and see, why are we, we're to pray, Lord, send rain, send rain, send rain. What are you asking? Come, Lord Jesus, move. Come, Lord Jesus, move. Come, Lord Jesus, move in our city. Come, draw the people. Come, glory, open the eyes. Hallelujah. Come, come to our prisons. Come to our jails. Come to our bars. Come to our, the hotels. Come to the interstates. Come to the home. Come anywhere there's man. Come. See, those are the prayers that we as a church corporately are to be making. Praying for our nation. Rain on our nation. Does our nation need rained on? <laughs> Absolutely our na nation needs rained on. Does the world need rained on? The world needs rained on. Hallelujah. What do we need? We need a move of God. Is God wanting to move? Absolutely he wants to move. Does he want the harvest? Oh yeah, that's why he's waiting. That's why he's waiting. Amen. He wants the harvest. <clears throat> Real quick, there is a, um, man, I wish I could, I wish I had thought of, I'd try to find it. But Shekinah Glory had a, a piece one time. They're a singing group. We've had them here before. And they had went, they had went to a school. And in the school, you know, uh, they were given liberty to do that. But anyways, the student body there began praying, praying for a move of God. They just began, they just, all of a sudden there was a hunger that come on them. Praying for God, praying for God to move, praying for the students, praying for the teachers, praying for their, you know, their uh, fellow students, just praying for them. And um, there was a, a teacher who was, she said she was an atheist, I believe. Anyways, they were, in, they were in service one day, or not service, but they were in classroom, and all of a sudden, there, there become a mist started coming out of the air ducts. Well, it scared them, because they didn't know what it was, but it wasn't anything chemical. Ended up being the glory of God was coming in that room. And it filled that room. And if every student in there fell on their face and began crying out to God, that teacher fell on her face and began uh, crying out to God. They said that that spread through that whole school. What were they doing? They were praying for that. They just didn't know how God would do it. They didn't know what would happen. Amen. So is there, oh yeah, there's other precedent things, uh, things of that happening. Revivals beginning just because people began to ask and pray, God send the rain. So we can't get tired of praying that. We can't get tired of petitioning and asking God to send the rain. Why? Because we've got to have the, the former and the latter rain too, along with the preaching of the gospel. It's all, it all works together. And what does that do? The rain softens the hearts. Those hardened hearts that no one, no one can penetrate, but rain can. I said rain can. The people that you think that there's no way. Well, God can. But someone's going to have to pray and ask. Amen. And God has given us that responsibility. That's our responsibility. You can't, you can't put that off and say, well, that's every... No, you've got to take that person. That's my responsibility. I'm called to do that.
Hallelujah. Thank God. Amen for the harvest. Amen. We want to see, we want to see, praise God, this city come to Jesus. We want to see our schools come to Jesus. We want to see, praise God, we want to see the, the, the county, praise God. But so all we have to do is just ask, keep asking. Amen. Be willing. And I'm telling you, as we do, then you're going to find in your heart, your heart's going to be able to be molded and be changed, and it's going to be more like God's than ever before.